0: Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations, coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. All right, welcome back to the grind, ladies and gentlemen. I am Dave McClung on this fine Monday morning, bright and chipper, after a restful, relaxing weekend. With with me me is the lovely less than chipper uh, Chad Grigsby. How was? How are you doing, Chad? (laughs) Uh, I'm alive, Dave.
1: So, I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I'm not doing real
0: good, Dave. Uh, so, uh, kind, of, uh kind of tired this morning,
1: so. a, little, a little tired. Traveled uh seven <laughs> hours with the kids yesterday, so uh, Woo-hoo. that I, uh, I can't
0: think of anything more energizing than that. Yeah, well, rethink it. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, think we, one one of my favorite travel stories uh favorite not meaning best but mm. favorite stories to tell now because we survived it is we drove from little rock to orlando by way of atlanta so nine hours one day and another eight or so however long it is from atlanta to orlando after that with a one and a half year old who screamed the entire way uh. Thank you, Carson. Wow. <laughs> Carson is now 13 and uh, travels a little bit better than he did back then. He's
1: 13, still
0: doing it. We don't know
1: what the deal is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, 13. Yeah. It's just that trip to Orlando. He just screams wow. the whole way. So, yeah, dude, I'm not kidding. By the time we got to Atlanta that first day, uh, I had patches of hair pulled out of my head. Mm. You know, just uh,
2: Your goatee was white
0: white see this patch right here in the middle that was the orlando trip just Mm -hmm. (laughs) right there yeah yeah so anyway (laughs) all right so lots of crazy road warrior stories there yes so uh chat to denver and back and then to pick up the kids and back home so a
1: whirlwind week last we did fly to denver so that was good yeah Uh, yeah you know without kids Without children, yes. so we were very blessed uh, with that, uh, but uh, then back to reality. So it's good. <laughs> That's great. It's good, That's Dave. Great.
2: Back yeah. to the grind. Yeah.
1: Back to the grind, Joey Cook.
0: That's right. So this other disembodied voice that you've been hearing is our lovely friend, uh, the one and only Joey Cook, pastor of City Church in Conway. So what's up, Joey?
2: Well, hello, Dave. Hello, Chad. <laughs> It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, you've you started my day off on the right foot for sure. Nothing like nothing like waking up to the sound of Dave's laughter. That's <laughs> a, I want my alarm clock to sound like that. But,
1: yeah. You know, we've been told that the grind and coffee is what helps people get up to face their day.
0: Oh, I'm telling yeah. you, yeah. You know? I don't. Yeah. I don't know how people do it without us. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I manage Michael Scott. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's right. That's right. Joey looks a whole lot more chipper than Chad and I do this morning. So uh he's probably been up and run a triathlon this morning. Yeah. You know, yeah, wrestled like a bear. I, we
2: we did. We ran. To, we never run together ever ever. And this morning we ran our neighborhood together. That's and awesome. It was, re- it was really cool. Yeah, uh, the kids were like, "Where are you going?" It's like, "Listen, just stay here." Lock the door. Don't, <laughs> don't touch anything. It. Yeah, we'll see you about every 12 minutes. So just don't yeah. burn anything down. Yeah, right. Was
0: awesome.
1: Yeah. Don't, don't was touch anything.
0: Sit in this that's spot. Right. That's, <laughs> that's right. right. And if you move next time, we glue you to
1: the floor. So, that's right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, man, I've given well, simpler
1: instructions as well. By the looks of it, Joey, your house is still standing. So it, is. it is.
0: It is.
2: It yeah. is. I'm. Uh, I know you can't see this if you're listening, but I'm in the garage today. And uh, I, I, it just felt like the right place for this podcast. <laughs> Plus, cartoons are blaring in the living room, and my wife's hairdryer is probably running in yeah. the back of the house. So it, yeah. it's, the, it's the quietest place in, in, on our property.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there That's there funny. are There are a lot of things I could probably say about that <laughs> you know uh we probably belong in a garage you know with this <laughs> podcast so uh uh although your garage looks cooler than mine you 've got snowboards and helmets and all kinds of stuff on the wall. Mine has spider webs. <laughs> It's the only
2: space I get, man. I've got to maximize uh, yeah. it. That's yeah. right.
0: That's right. Hey, take yeah. what you can get. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're, uh, we're excited to have Joey on. We're going, Joey has come on staff part time with us here at the ABSC on the church planning team. And, and uh, as we kind of think through and dive into some collegiate church planting experiences. Uh, Joey has experience in that with City Church and Conway, and so we're going to kind of hear about that uh, along the way, as well as uh, doing a great job um, with a developing leadership pipeline and uh, a great group of interns that they use every summer and develop and uh, send out into ministry. So we're going to dive into that a little bit, and so hopefully this whole conversation will be encouraging to you guys so so Joey why don't you just kind of tell us City Church's story your story you know how you wound up planting in Conway and kind of how it's morphed uh over over the last four years
2: yeah well I I, I grew up uh in north central Arkansas out in the sticks uh, country boy as you can tell from my accent stuck in uh we'll won't, won't, won't call it a, it's it's a pretty it's a big town it's a it's a small city conway arkansas and uh grew up in a rural church environment um and went off to college and uh saw jesus doing some stuff met some guys in college that um uh, i I'd, I'd never watched anyone live out their faith you know it had it, all been kind of a a head kind of thing right like this is what you know and uh when I got to college I saw people living walking in fruit and uh giving stuff away and, uh, it just, it, I had to rethink everything. And, uh, I think that's when I started, you know, walking out my faith for the first time. Um, so I did that for a while, went to college for business and then, uh, graduated. And through a series of events, God called me into ministry and I um, started working with students. I did that for about nine years. Um, and then at the end of that, I got this church planting itch. Uh, and, uh, just had to scratch it and, uh, it, it took us to Dallas. And honestly, the, about the only thing I knew about church planning were two things. One was Nelson, Nelson Searcy's book launch, <laughs> which means <laughs> I had to get a lot of people together and, and a, lot a lot of money, a lot of need a lot of money. And then the other one, so get this. The other one was a Stephen Furtick video called, this is how we Change the world.
0: Yeah. I've <laughs> so seen that, that video. That was,
2: That was my two ingredients for church planting. So it kind of this next year in Dallas, you could probably formulate your own opinions, and those were probably pretty accurate. We were uh, my wife and I just got miserable, and uh, it 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 was rough. We prayer walk. I remember it kind of culminated one evening. We we'd been prayer walking our neighborhood for months and inviting all of our neighbors to. uh, We 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 didn't have we were going to start in a house. Right. And so uh, it's interesting when you tell people in a wealthy Dallas suburb that you're going to have church in a house, mm. uh, that's, that's, you get some funny responses. And so yeah, uh, no one was having it long story short, like who are these people and what are they doing in our town? Um, And so we, we got to a pretty dark place and, and honestly, I was kind of finished with it. Uh, and I thought, well, I've got some, I've got some, a little bit of business savvy. I paid my way through college buying and selling on eBay. So maybe I'll <laughs> go that route with my life. And, um, God had other plans for us. We, uh, I got a phone call uh, from a pastor, um, uh, and he, he said, Hey, I want you to pray about Conway, Arkansas. And he sent me this little clip and it's the campfire story by Rend collective. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have ever seen that, but, uh, it just made me think, what if there was another way to church plant? What if it wasn't about smoking lights? What if it was about me enjoying the presence of Jesus and extending that to my friends uh, and neighbors and people in our city? And um, so we had this, I'll call it the park bench moment. Uh, my wife and I were in Deshay, Arkansas, where I grew up and reminiscing my, you could see across the field, my old elementary school, which was half torn down and Uh, we were sitting on this park bench and I remember looking at my wife with tears running down my face and I said, babe, I don't care if there are 12 people in our life. I want to love them well. I want to know them. And I want to stand in front of Jesus one day with my arms around those 12 people and and say, hey, we don't have much, uh, but we love you and we love each other. And uh, that was kind of some of the early concept that went into City Church in Conway. So we uh, launched on a, within 24 hours, it's honestly signs and wonders kind of stuff. Looking back, it was 24 hours in and God had sold our house uh, based off a picture that I took when we moved in our house in Dallas. He gave us a, uh, it was a quarter of a million dollar piece of property on the campus of UCA. Um, it was, it was a three acre lot. It's, we still have it right behind the president's house at alumni circle. And, uh, we had, we, God gave us that house. He gave me a team uh, of about six, uh, college students, which was more than we had, uh, had with us in Dallas. And, uh, then and he ended up tearing down a house next door and the campus built us student parking so that we could worship at the house. And, uh, all that happened in a really short amount of time. And God was just kind of – I think he was showing us that he hadn't forgot about us, and we kind of thought he had in the process. And uh, so we we started there. We used our savings account to invest in that house. Uh, we used the rest of it. Uh, borrowing back from our friend Nelson Searcy to print out 5,000 flyers and slide <laughs> under the uh, door of ever-entering freshmen at UCA in the fall of 2013 and uh, 72 of them didn't know any better. I suppose they showed up and uh city church was born and we started loving our neighbors and raking leaves and picking up trash and putting Thanksgiving meals there for low income houses in our neighborhood. And uh, man, God was just kept, he, he just kept working. And so uh, it's been five years almost to the day. So yeah, it's um, actually, um, right at right at the day. So, since then, we've moved. It's been a faith journey. We've been been in eight different locations in the city of Conway in five years uh, for our for our weekend worship gathering. Um, I think at last count, we had we have fourteen groups that meet across the city, and we had another seventeen college groups. Uh, about about thirty one total that meet meet across Faulkner County and um they're just trying to love and serve their their neighbors and love each other and uh all based out of a love for the for Jesus um and who's given us a seat at the table not as hosts not as ushers but just guests and so um we we we're guests at the table with him and uh by God's grace uh we there've there been four other churches planted through this movement around central arkansas um, blue collar guys. In fact, uh, all four of them work in fields related to construction and and pastor and lead people from groups um, ranging from uh, probably 15, 20 at a gathering to uh, up close to 200 or so. So uh, we're just trying to be faithful and watch Jesus and remember that we have nothing to bring to the table. And as you'll find out from this podcast, uh that is just a true statement that's just not a, that's not that's not humility that's just a true statement uh and yeah I, I think i said in our our last podcast i'm a wiener dog at a horse race man.
0: and,
2: and yeah. uh i'm just happy to be here so.
0: Yeah, Joey, they uh everybody has firmly established the fact that Chad and I bring nothing to the table. So, so the the hope is that the guests we bring in will actually have something to offer. So uh Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so I have two questions, but one in particular is what were you buying and selling on eBay? <laughs>
2: Yeah, through college, actually, Chad can probably affirm this uh, because the reason that I started down this track with you guys was uh, a relationship with Chad Grigsby. Uh, We went to college together, and I I watched God in His life, and uh, I was this knuckleheaded college student, so was he, but he was walking with Jesus in a way. He was one of those guys that kind of inspired my walk with Christ at a really formative age, and and, uh, so. We both played in bands at different times in college and I was buying and selling clothes on eBay. So I would go to vintage thrift shops and buy stuff for two to five bucks at a turn and then sell it for 15 to $65 depending (laughs) on what what I found. So it worked pretty good. It was fun. And eBay would just kind of got started and that, that dates me a little bit. So my profile says member since, Nineteen ninety nine, which is almost <laughs> twenty years now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we awesome. we were parts of two of the premier bands in Arkansas at the yes. time. Two of the premier.
2: That's what. That's the word I would have chose too.
1: <laughs> uh, window pane action figure. Yeah, that was uh, that was your band. Are you serious? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. There's the banner. Our listeners can't see it. But yeah. yeah,
1: and 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 we and played Cash Hall. Yeah, and we played several uh, concerts together. We
2: did.
1: Seemed like most of them were in Batesville at the old Depot. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day, so yeah, that was those were some fun times. Good Y'all point. were definitely uh, my favorite band in college. <laughs> yeah, well, hands down. So thank you. So what's st- I know
0: what Cash Hall played because I've heard Cash Hall before, but what did Windowpane Action Figure sound like? Compare. Yeah.
2: Uh, I would say f- we were a four chord pop punk, pop emphasis on pop, just kind of some uh, guys having fun, talking about dating and going to the dance and listening to music and driving around the city. It was just fun music. It's Hello. Uh, yeah. a
1: Reliant K. Yeah, it's
2: in that vein. Certainly. A little
1: more, to me, it was kind of Weezer ish.
2: Oh, thank you. That is maybe the biggest compliment we've ever gotten. Uh, Yeah. You know, like
1: it was kind of fun and silly a little bit, Uh, but also, you know, it, it, I'm telling you, Dave, it was fun.
2: Yeah. There's rumors of a reunion tour. So, Hey, that uh, needs to happen. That needs to happen.
1: You're, you're uh, you're one of your bandmates. You married his sister. So that should be easy, right? (laughs) I did. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) He. Yeah. That's right.
1: All right.
0: So one of the things that, uh, uh, that I've loved watching about city church is the fact, and, and you, you said that, you know, you, you hope that this church planting experience would be you enjoying the presence of Jesus and extending that to friends and neighbors, mm. uh, which I think is a great statement and is really kind of what at the heart of what we want to see happen in all of our church plants. And, uh, I'm, I just finished reading, uh, the book love does, mm. by. Uh, Bob Goff and i am reading his book Everybody Always. Fantastic right now, and they and they are uh, just absolutely fantastic. And the thing that I love about them is I, I just want to hang out with this guy. I mean, I just want to I just want to spend the day with him. And just hey, Bob, wherever you want to go, I want to go with you because yeah. his life just seems to be so much yeah. fun and yeah. infectious. And and you look at Jesus, and and people were just drawn to him. I think for similar reasons that Mm. the things he said were captivating, the things he did were captivating and people just wanted to be with him. Mm. And, and so, you know, what are some of the things that you guys have done to kind of cultivate that, you know, kind of being with one another, you know, that you, you've seen have really gelled the group together, really solidified those relationships Mm. and then ways that you've extended that to draw others in as well.
2: Uh, one of our church planners said it best last month. He said, uh, real friends play together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that I, I get in this weird place. Uh, I'm Enneagram three with a really close seven. So I like to have a good time, but I like to be efficient. And sometimes that efficiency wins out. <clears throat> and uh, I, I can, I have a tendency to um, think if you, if you're not familiar with that language, I, my my success or lack thereof becomes my defining characteristic and that's a really dangerous place to live and so I try to tap into that seven and just play together mm-hmm. and have fun and that's Bob Goff's a seven and um, and and you've got a lot of that in you too Dave so yeah, I think I'm that, that he, he's, he appeals to us um, but but playing together and having a good time you know I think of it as a shared adventure together so Um, we try to create rhythms for that. We do a retreat in the spring just for our, um, our main kind of leaders, guys at the table, and we go play. This year, we canoed across Greer's Ferry to an island, and, uh, then we hiked to the top of it, and we got to the top and and prayed and sang together, and then we hiked back down and canoed back, and, uh, it was the, it was, we just had, we have fun together, and we finished the evenings out playing games, and, And when it's time to work, we work, um, but we love to play. And so there was a presence. I think you nailed it. There was this presence thing about Jesus, you know. He had this magnetic personality. And uh, Paul said, we have nothing to give but our own lives and ourselves. So at the end of the day, no one reminds me, uh, man, Joey, that talk you gave two years ago, man, God really used that to shape my life. In fact, most Sundays, no one even says, man, that was a really great talk now that yeah. I, I think about it. Uh, but, but you know what? After that, when we, went to, when we walked down to Old Chicago and we sat at a table with 15 people and we were the noisiest people in the restaurant because we were laughing, um, there's something to be said about enjoying Jesus in the company of your friends. And, and I think maybe that is the thing that God has used uh, in the last five years is, is just walking with him. And then ministry becomes not something that you do, because when I'm, when I'm in the flesh ministry becomes something that I do. But when I'm in the spirit ministry is something that I leave Mm -hmm. behind when I'm loving Jesus.
0: Um,
2: and, and there's a, a a hard, distinct difference between the two, uh, ministry in that capacity is enjoyable because Jesus is enjoyable. Um, ministry where it's you know a meeting after meeting and and, and my heart goes out just to maybe even some of our, our listeners that just struggles to find space for that but uh, for us it's just enjoying Jesus together and um, that that's taken us and it, it it's difficult and it's really messy and you guys know that um, it, it is a grind because there's sometimes you don't feel like playing and uh, but if we're walking with Jesus and we're walking with other people impact happens um, staying close to him and staying close to others, whether that's in our neighborhood, whether that's on our ministry team, uh, or whether that's at a Sunday gathering, um, and, and, and really not letting our identity flow from anything other than him. Yeah. When that happens, we can, we can poke fun and laugh in the mornings on a podcast, regardless of what our Sunday attendance was or wasn't, uh, regardless of if anyone's listening or if we feel like our influence is just non-existent if we're walking with Jesus, none of that matters, right? Because he brought something fresh and new that superseded any kind of metric.
0: I I was reading, reading this morning and Bob Goff said something, Chad, you may remember this quote. I've got to go back and get it right. But he was talking about not going on mission trips, just have Tuesday.
1: Mm -hmm. you know, just let it be
0: Tuesday, you know, because, you know, Tuesday we're living life and we're on mission because it's Tuesday and we're walking with Jesus. And so, you know, this, uh, you know, our our mission is just an outflowing of, you know, what Jesus is just being with Jesus. And, uh, was talking with a former professor friend, which we're going to do a podcast with next week on preaching and, he said, I get asked all the time, you know, how much time do you spend, you know, preparing a sermon? He said, well, this is the culmination of about 40 years mm-hmm. of walking with Jesus. And he said, preaching should be an outflow of just being with Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so mission is an outflow of being with Jesus. Church planting is an outflow of, of being with Jesus. And, uh, so, uh, uh if we can ever capture that, I think we've got something special that the world desperately needs
1: yeah and you know joey hearing you talk man uh i just really appreciate your heart it comes through you know and uh you know it's funny because i always love to hear people talk about what god's doing in their life and then when a scripture comes to mind it's like they're just doing what jesus said to do yeah for instance by this will all men know that you're Mm. my disciples if you love one another yeah it seems like as you guys have loved one another, people have seen that contagious community and said, I want to be a part of that. And I think, I think so many times we think about inviting people into our community or into our church. But my question is, what are we inviting them into? Yeah. And if you're not inviting them into something that's real uh, and and that's like you're talking about, man, it just, it's, it's fruitless. It's, it's, it's futile, you know?
2: And we've been in, you know, don't get me wrong, we've been seasons of that, right? Like, and that's that's when we get in the flesh and we start being dominated by those man-made metrics that our friends and those we aspire to, to be, create and uh, congratulate, uh, then we get sucked into that trap. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we then we work harder and then we, well, we if we could just try something new or reach down deep or get up a little earlier, And that's, that's all flesh, right? Like that's not a fruit of the spirit. Fruits of the spirit are patience and peace and joy and gentleness and kindness. And when we're walking in those places, man, that is magnetic. That's, that's the best thing that we have. You don't have to beg a waitress to come to a worship service when she sees what's happening at your table. She wants to be a part of it. Right. And she's, 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 she's drawn to it. And then she's asking the questions. But if it's this cold religious thing, I've been in that for a long time, and I'm just not interested in that yeah. kind of expression of of the church. It's not appealing. I don't want to spend my days that way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I get it, Chad. And um, man, it's so easy to fall into those traps because that is like the way of the world, right? Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. that's the way that that makes sense to man. So.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, could follow up Joey on kind of what you said, uh, in your story that kind of struck, stuck out to me. Uh, Dr. Tucker says often that he only hires guys that have kind of had their rear end kicked hmm. and experienced revival, uh, in some way or former or fashion. And so, uh, it sounds like, I don't want to overstate this, but it sounds like you got your rear end kicked in Dallas. Uh, and uh, and I'll, I I know a good rear kicking because I took one in Memphis <laughs> before we uh, before we planted in Batesville. Uh, so tell me how much the struggle in Dallas shaped City Church and you really. Oh. And, and, and what were kind of the top one or two things that you kind of walked away from with Dallas that shaped what you would do with City Church?
2: Well, that's an awesome question. And sometimes I have a tendency to breeze over that in the story. Uh, but that is, that was the defining moment for our life and ministry. And I, I don't mind going there with you. You, you talk about being broke and it was dark. I'll just tell you um, that night, the night that we were at the bottom of the pit, my wife and, she, and it, you both know her. She is a sweet Jesus loving yep. gal tore the freaking shades off the window and came at me and uh and i was i was in equally as dark we listen i grabbed her hey bro like i grabbed her and we we cried together out of part of it was self-defense and we ended up in the floor
1: <laughs>
2: we ended up in the floor weeping together and uh we said things like if this is what it looks like i'm Done. Yeah, and we, we were serious. Uh, we we were so lonely and mm. so broken trying to do something for Jesus that we didn't even want to exist anymore. We weren't walking with Him. We mm. were working for Him. Yeah, and that's the end result of trying to do something for Jesus without walking with Jesus. Yeah. Mm. And, and I, I have friends right now that are in that place. You know, we call it burnout. Um, it, was, it was the depth of Sheol, man. Like, we were in a beautiful suburban house. We lived half a mile from Deion Sanders. Oh, uh,
0: wow.
2: In the, it, it was a beautiful I – mean, man, it was around – I could throw – I could hit a golf ball and hit 50 new homes that were going up. Across the field was a new $40 million football stadium. I mean, according to the world's standards, we had made it. And when it came to our, our spiritual crap, our, our soul, we were dead and decaying. Mm-hmm. And uh, City Church was born out of that, Chad. Um, and that's why, that's, why, that's why we did the 12 thing. Like, I don't care if there's 200 people. Yeah. I don't care if there's a, I, we just, we are, we want something more. Yeah. Like there has to be more than to life than just building something big for Jesus. Uh, there's gotta be something that, that wakes us up in the morning that, that allows us. I remember asking the question, where's the peace? Where's the peace? Where's my peace? Mm. Uh, I had no peace. I had no joy. And it's because I was not walking with Christ. I was not in the spirit whatsoever. And I still have, Flashbacks of that time, like uh, when when I start walking in the flesh and I start thinking that I'm doing something, and that God's building something on my personalities, uh, I can I can get back to that moment. You know, it was as 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 few as six months ago. Uh, we were in the middle of a, a big renovation project. and I mean, you guys are, saw it. We meet we met there last week. Uh, it was it, we had a very dated building. We did a um, hundred dollars worth of a hundred thousand dollars worth of fundraising. And renovation in sixty days we were on a timetable and wow. uh, I, I we couldn't afford to pay anybody so I contracted the whole thing. Uh, the only thing I had ever built really to before that was a clubhouse when I was 10 and <laughs> and we, it, we but it was it was we I, it, it, I, I had to do it. I felt like we, we couldn't afford it. so there were mornings I was waking up at 3 a.m and I wouldn't sometimes not go to sleep till 10, 11, 12 o'clock. And uh, just working, man, working, 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 thinking that it was all on me. And it brought me to a dark place. And my staff will tell you, uh, I was not fun to be around. I was not enjoyable. It was more like that bedroom floor Dallas experience uh, than it was hanging around the table, eating some good food with your friends. And so I I, I go back there occasionally. And then Jesus is so gracious to extend his hand and say, just walk with me for a while. You're trying to build something that only I can do. Your contribution is not even welcome in my kingdom. You, you, all you can do is die. And uh, <laughs> I was reminded of that this weekend. And uh, we're not invited to the Christian life. We're reminded to a, a, a sacrificial death. That's what Jesus invites us to. And when we do that, then He can begin to build something because we, we. The, the work is complete. He finished and he sat down at the right hand of God. Uh, he didn't work frantically like I do. When I, He sat down because it was done. And that was forever. That was a forever kind of finish. So when we walk in that, knowing that there is nothing we can add to what Jesus did, man, it's so liberating. Then leadership development and discipleship and evangelism. Uh, are are not in ministry are not things that we have to do in order to get some results and to finally bring value to god but they're they're things that we get to do in order to experience joy uh we can add to what he did and so man i i live in this these two worlds between the two and when I, i'm right now i'm just i just happen to be on the good on the healthy side of it Uh, and, and I've got some people in my life now that remind me when I start to go down those places. And so they asked me a long time ago, what if the soul that God sent you to Conway to save ended up being your own? And at first I was kind of mad. I was like, yeah, I'm, there's going to be five other 500 souls saved and they're (laughs) not mine. I'm good. You know, but the reality is that it has been mine. Yeah. Uh, and the saving has been a, a learning to trust Jesus daily as as my meal and my provision. And um, so, yeah, the City Church was, that was Joey's journey to experience in Jesus. Not the however many else that call themselves uh, members of that family. That That's me trying to figure this thing out. And others going, hey, can we join you in this? Because it looks like we're kind of moving in a good direction here yeah, hop in. Let's go. This is fun. So
0: dude, dude, I have a whole new picture of Sindel now, uh, ripping a shade down and beating you with it.
2: (laughs) Dude, it's real. And it's my fault. I did that to her. (laughs) I I did. Uh, I had, I had ministry dreams and I, and I imposed them on my marriage and on my wife. And because she's sweet, she said, yeah, babe, if that's what God's leading us to do, I'll go. Yeah. And, uh, I took her to, I took her to a dark place, chasing that rainbow
1: of, of church. You know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm. The end of that rainbow is not a pot of gold. No, no. It's a pot of something, but it's not a it's pot a, of gold.
2: It's a heap of dung, man. Yeah,
0: that's right. Well, I wasn't yeah. going to say it, but you just went there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so out of all that, you've got relationships with all these people and have realized, okay, I can't. I can't do this on my own. We've got to have a group of friends and neighbors that are on this journey with us. And as, as that pool of friendships continues to grow and as that, you know, church begins, continues to build, obviously, you know, um, new leaders have to be developed. You know, there are new ministries, you know, that same initial pool of friends can't do everything. Mm -hmm. You guys have tried to set up some leadership development pipelines and some internships and things like that to expand the pool and expand the ministry. So kind of talk about some of the things you guys have done with that because at least outside looking in, it looks like it's gone pretty well. I'm sure there's, there's bumps and bruises along the way in that, but what, what have you done? What are you learning? You know what? What would be in your encouragement to those that are developing their own leadership pipelines right now?
2: Yeah. So the first year w- with us was a was a a group of I don't know somewhere between thirty and sixty people that we would have considered core that prayed together regularly. We loved our neighbors. We worshipped together through meals, through singing, through the teaching and study of of God's word. We were essentially this missional community, if we want to borrow that language of, of people doing well, then other people started wanting in. And the in and the influence, I suppose it was, was growing in our city and more people were coming to the table. So I think at our one year anniversary as a church, I think we had about three hundred people uh that that wanted to be a part of this movement. And um that that caused that caused problems looking back, right? At the time we didn't see this problem. Uh, so we, we are, then the struggle became, all right, how do we take what we've experienced as a group of believers and extend that to others? Well, I think that all of us have to leave the comfort of this circle and start new circles. Uh, in, in some ways, hey, do, do what I helped do this first year with another group of people which was uh, in my mind made complete sense. The problem was I didn't equip them to do that. I just kind of expected them to be able to do that. And some of our, some of our hardest parts of this five year journey has been people that were in that original 30 to 60 feeling left out Mm -hmm. and they got their feelings hurt. And, and I lost good friends that thought here because here's the narrative they believed, Joey Joey used us to get here. And now he's there. Mm. That was, that's not, that was never my intent. My intent was to mop to do it here. And then I was like, then was like, guys, we got to keep doing it. There's more people we've got to spread out. Right. And, but I didn't help them get there. Um, so we had a lot of people and we were adding new groups, but they didn't know what they were doing. They were just trying to do maybe what they saw me or, or someone else do. Uh, but they didn't know how to do it. You know, um, not everyone thinks like us. Mm-hmm. So um, I think our leadership development process, if you want to call it that, has has been how do we actually put tools and resources and knowledge in the hands of the people that we're calling to live like this so that they can live like this? Uh, how do we expand this? Because it's honestly, Dave, like, it's easy to do this with a group of 30 people. Right. Anybody can do it. And we right. have to start there. Uh, and that's walking with them. That's eating with them. That's loving them. That's serving with them. That's talking about Jesus with them, learning to trust Jesus together. But they, I think where we hit the wall and where people hit these kind of plateaus is when they, they fail to take that to, um, to, to, to make it palatable so that others can walk in it. And so that's what this process is for us. Uh, I knew I had to reproduce myself. Uh, And so all the hiring that we've ever done, and and really, I don't even like that word hiring, but uh, I'm just gonna use it, comes from the inside. All of our key leaders are guys that have, and girls that have been raised up in this family, and now have been kind of put in places according to their APES gifting, to use that in the lives of other people. Uh, and so for example, one of those is the college ministry. When I start, when we started this thing, I was the setup team. I called musicians. I taught, I printed off words on paper to sing. I was the facilities coordinator and I cleaned the toilets after everyone left. Well, (laughs) that's good unless you're trying to love your wife and your kids. And, uh, you know, there's some problems there. So, trying to find ways to disseminate that into other people's lives. And uh, the, our, our internship was birthed out of that. So uh, the guy that you guys both know, his, his name's Lane Long. He's the leader of our group, uh, of our college ministry. Now he's uh, helped take what I started, which was an internship, which literally started with one guy. His name was Carson, and he lived in, <laughs> he literally lived in a closet. At our ministry house, uh, it was a, it was a pretty good size closet, yeah. but it was still a closet. Uh, and uh, calling Harry Potter. Yes, and now it's expanded to uh, this summer. We have thirty. We've had as many as sixty. We've had as few as uh, twelve college students uh, in the summer. Now Lane leads that, so I didn't touch it this summer. Uh, Lane Lane leads that, and um, I'll come in to do a, a couple, maybe equipping labs. So he he creates this summer process to help people understand Jesus, understand themselves, understand what Jesus is doing in the world, and then actually mobilize them for ministry. So that's the whole point of our summer internship process. Uh, That's led to the question of, all right, what do we do on the backside of that? So there are some guys with real gifts that are uh, being called to different places in ministry. And so through the help of of absc and uh the north american mission board we have a church planning residency i currently have three men in that residency and so that's kind of i think of that as internship 2.0 we meet up with them every two weeks we're reading things together we're praying they're out there doing it and then we meet up to talk about what god's doing and how we could do it differently and how we could trust jesus more while we're doing it so uh then this the coolest part of the the back end of this thing is now we're working with guys around the state of Arkansas to help uh, plant churches and to help make disciples in, in college cities around Arkansas as well. So I kind of see it as a three part pipeline that could take someone from an entering college freshman to a a full fledged church planner, just someone that's making disciples and, and, and leading pioneering a new work of a church. And, and I, I think the one thing that comes to mind, Dave, when I think about this, because it's my story, uh, I was nothing to be admired or desired, you know, in college uh, there, there was, but someone took an interest in me. Someone saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a pedigree. Uh, I never knew. I didn't have, a, I never had a pastor in the family. Uh, heck, none of our family had never even been to, to college, much less seminary. Uh, and, and someone said, Hey, there's some, God's, God's got something for you and you have some gifts. Let me help stir them up in you. I think God wants to do something in your life. And so when I see, when I see, uh, a, a, a person that's, that's kind of my goal with them is to see, it's not to take Jesus and put it in them but to see what God's already gifted and created them to do and help fan that flame and bring that out of them. And Mm -hmm. that, that's all the work of the Holy spirit. I mean, he does that. So the pressure's off of me. Mm -hmm. I just get to be a catalyst and speak life. Um, Four favorite letters. Maybe you've heard this before. I see in you. Yeah. Uh, I think if we as leaders could start to recognize and actually say that to people, Hey, I see in you, you know, Dave, I see in you this passion and this heart for people. People are naturally drawn to you, man. What if God wanted to use that gift to to grow his kingdom and to take you on a journey that you could never go on yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we start having these conversations with everyday people, people that we see at the coffee shops, people that we've met over time. Then it's not about what we do from the stage that people come to be a part of. It's about their journey and how we help them become what God wants them to be. Uh, I like the Home Depot model of ministry. You can do it. We can help. Yeah. Don't come, don't come watch me do ministry on the weekends. That's not what Sundays are about for us. I see something in you, and I'm going to help you develop that because God has plans for your life. And when you've been that guy, it's just natural to do that for others. And so we see God do incredible things through everyday, normal, people. Um, uh, a nurse, a friend of mine, her name's Whitney. Uh, she's in our, my wife and I small group. Uh, I watched Whitney go from a wife and a young struggling mom to a disciple maker at Baptist regional, praying over people, uh, inviting them to the table of God, seeing gifts and patience, and helping mobilize them for ministry. Everyday people. My friend, Paul is, uh, works in software. Uh, uh, works for this, it's a company when he works for HPE, he's every, every day he's meeting people on sales trips and he's helping them come alive to the work of God and their life. And when everyday people start doing ministry movement happens, mm-hmm. but if, if, if we're the sage on stage, that's just, Hey, Hey, how's it going? Everybody. I, God gave me a word and watch this, watch me flex my spiritual muscles. Uh, there's like, Oh man, great. We got a great pastor. Come here. Our great pastor. What, what are we really creating? You know, we're the heroes of our story at that point, but I don't think that's not what Jesus called his people to be. Right. Um, he said, come, come on a journey with me to change the world. And I'm going to walk with you. And so that to me, that's leadership development. Uh, that's, that's pipeline. It's walking with people as they discover their God given gifts and leveraging our influence for the kingdom, giving them the keys, take the keys. I try to take keys off my key ring every day and hand them to people. And when you do that, you see the spiritual needle move in their lives. And by the way, I think that's discipleship. That's another conversation.
0: Well, I'll tell you one of the guys that saw something in me before I ever did, uh, passed away over the weekend and his funeral is on Wednesday. He was, Mm -hmm. uh, a deacon at Calvary Baptist Church in in Rose City and uh uh he was the one that encouraged me to step out in ministry the first time first time I ever led worship was at a retirement home Kenneth was preaching and I went and led worship had hair down to the middle of my back was singing in a metal band at the time and uh we went to this <laughs> Went to this retirement home, and this uh, old guy in the back, whose hearing aid obviously was not turned up because he couldn't hear how loud he was talking. When I got up to sing, leaned over to his wife and said, "Is that a boy or a girl?" <laughs> and she him, elbowed him so hard that he actually went, oh, And she said, "Shut up! That's a boy." <laughs> <laughs> and uh and Kenneth was the one that encouraged me I, dude I couldn't sing after that I was laughing so stinking hard and uh and so but I you know the the thought of going in the ministry and doing anything was so far off my radar at that point but but Kenneth was one of those guys that said no something's there's something there with Dave and mm. uh and so he he he's getting to to walk with Jesus face to face Mm -hmm. now and funerals on wednesday but uh yeah you know uh that's one of the fun things about this job for me uh is is finding guys that i watch in ministry you know whether they're laymen or maybe they're a student pastor or or even pastors um and and just watch how they relate to people and the things they say the things they do and i sit there and think Man, that guy needs to be planting a church. You know, he's being held back, you know, here in this ministry because he could do so much more if he was cut free a little bit. And, you know, and then have those initial conversations where you scare the heck out of them and uh and then watch God just just do something. And, you know, part of my the funnest part of my job is trying to find those guys that uh maybe there's there's something more than they see in themselves, you know, at the time, and then to get to watch God do something with that it's just love it i got a group of i got a small group right now i got three guys in my small group right now that uh uh, a couple of them have done some pretty significant ministry but there's uh, there's another one that's kind of young and hungry and i'm telling you i cannot wait to see what god's going to do with with this guy uh, we're having lunch this week and, and, uh, well, I think we're going to see some, uh, some churches planted out of our small group at summit. So, mm. so fun stuff.
2: I love it. Hey, it makes me think of Paul on the road to Damascus. You know, can you imagine what was happening in heaven? Like in the first part of that journey, this, you've got this persecutor, man, like the fear, fiercest guy of all the law. He's walking down this road and, and I can just, it's like the heavenly tribe is just kind of like, I can't wait. What's this? Yeah. (laughs) We're about this guy, this guy's about to change, And that's the feeling that you get when you think of leadership development and discipleship in this way. Like, I don't have any idea what God has planned for this little girl across the street. But when she comes over here, when she's hurting and my wife is praying with her and and we're beginning to call, call things out in her man like that, there's no telling who she's going to influence. I was, we were singing a song yesterday about in my mother's womb, you have chosen me. And I was thinking of my mom as a, she was 17. She got pregnant with me at a young age, nothing, man, no money, broke middle of nowhere, scared to death. And I bet, I I, I just wonder if, if the Lord was just, what's this, Cheryl, just hang on. Yeah. Cause <laughs> you got a little something in your belly. And he's uh he's gonna have a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. But I'm gonna do I'm I'm gonna do some stuff with that boy. Yeah. Uh, just hang, just hang on.
0: Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. My mom's still wondering if that's ever gonna happen with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she tells me often, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She still tries <laughs> to send me to my room when I act out. <laughs> Mom, I don't have a room here anymore. Well go to my room then. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh yeah you know i it's just fascinating um you know if we can ever yeah that's the thing bob goff reading these two books back to back he's just infectious you know the he tells his story i i'm still processing this and just you know just it's just fascinating story about this old beater truck that he has and he walks out of the office one day and there's this homeless dude sitting in his truck. And, uh, you know, he comes up and taps on the window and the guy just kind of looks at him and waves and he just goes back to 10 and two like he's driving somewhere and they just build this friendship, you know? And, and there is this, that that wasn't a homeless dude defiling his truck. That's a potential friend and somebody that can impact the kingdom. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was, it went from, he was instantly intrigued by why this guy was sitting in his truck and how do I make a friend with this guy? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want that kind of, I want that kind of life where, where everybody I see has potential for impact in the kingdom. Everybody I see has potential to become a friend and to be a, a, a friend to someone else. And you know, if if we can ever get to that point where yeah you know, we see people the way Jesus sees them, yeah. I mean, none of the people in Scripture we would have chosen to be the people He saw them to be. It's just, mm-hmm. We just we wouldn't. Tax collectors, you know, prostitutes, yeah, you know, adulterers, uh, you know, we just wouldn't. And,
2: and and when we see people like that, Dave we We're not kind and and love them in order to put another feather in our hat, right you know what I'm saying, like right. not because of what they can do, but because of what Jesus has done in us. yeah, then it become it becomes an overflow of what Jesus has done in us uh, yeah. and and that's 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 a that's another one of those traps that I fall into. I wonder what they could accomplish. I wonder what story could no, 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 Jesus loved me. I'm going to love them like Jesus loved me and then he can do whatever they want. So then the, the, so, uh, someone told me this weekend influence dies or sorry, influence comes from the death of self-preservation.
1: Wow. Mm. So
2: when we, when we get to the point where we're not looking for what we can get from someone, but we just begin to, Love them where they are, expecting nothing in return, then real influence begins. I, I was sitting last night at a dinner table with our head football coach at Division One College right here in, in Conway. And uh, that little flesh that started spurring up, you know, I wonder if I make friends with him, I bet we could blank, fill in the blank. Yeah. But then but then this idea no 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 influence begins where uh self-preservation ends. Just love him for him. Done. And then we can relax, right? Then we can breathe. Then we can actually sit and enjoy people when we're not trying to get something from them. There's, we there's don't have an no agenda. agenda. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think uh I I think of Donald Miller's story brand um where really what we're trying to do is be the guide. We're not the hero, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like you said, don't come listen to me, watch me do ministry as Mm -hmm. if I'm the hero. You you know, it's not, we can do it, you can help but you can do it, we can help. Mm -hmm. That's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to position ourselves as a guide. And I love what you said. It's not that you're trying to input something in people. God has already put inside of them everything that they need for life and godliness. How do we then draw it out? That's what a guide does. You know, that's what Yoda did for Luke. That's what, (laughs) you know, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, I almost did my Yoda impression, but I, 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 uh, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that, that's what Obi-Wan Kenobi did. That's what any guide does. Yeah. That's what, uh, you know, Bilbo Baggins or, you know, Frodo, whatever, everybody drew out of them Gandalf and others. Uh, so I, I think it's, how do we, how do we be the guide and, and let them be the hero? And that's a dying to self. And that's a dying to our agendas, uh, and, and really letting Jesus and the kingdom be the priority. Uh, you know, I think, I think it's that mindset that look, they may not come to church here. They may not invest here. Yeah. They may, we may send them somewhere else. We may do, yeah. but you start, you start to quit being so grabby, uh, <laughs> as a leader, you know, these are our people and this is our, that man, that attitude, it just doesn't, and it doesn't, it doesn't attract people. It doesn't send people. It just doesn't, doesn't work. Doesn't work. So I, I just so really good, prefer- man yeah what what you're saying man it it's resonating big time
0: you know and and that's you know jesus Jesus economy is an upside down economy you die to live uh you give to receive uh you know you send to to get i mean it's just everything we try and hold on to we end up losing and uh and and if we can ever you know turn loose uh and and hold with open hands what he's given us then then there's a whole new world that opens up that we never would have got by hanging on to the stuff that we get that we gotta let
2: go of the ring man
0: you gotta let go of the ring got to got to well dude man we could sit here and talk all day about this stuff and ain't nobody got time for that uh and so uh this has been fun and and i hope hopefully this conversation has been an encouragement you know everybody out there look you know I had a conversation with a guy the other day, and he, had, he, had, he was starting to kind of go to a, a tough place. And his statement was, uh, you know, people kept coming asking me, well, how's the church plant going? You know, how's it going? And every time he heard that question, he had all these self-imposed metrics come in that he wasn't meeting. And so I didn't have anything to say to them uh, for how it was going, you know, our worship service wasn't doing well. I, you know, uh, I got so focused on trying to build this group that I quit, you know, daily living for Jesus. And, and, and the thing that attracted me to this guy and I loved about this guy was that every day he was on mission in his job, at the gym, in his neighborhood, he's sharing the gospel with people. He's leading people to Jesus. And I told him, I said, look, dude, I'm not imposing those metrics on you. And the people who are asking you how it's going are not imposing those metrics on you. Uh, I said, I said, there's somebody speaking in your ear and it's not Jesus. And, and so you got to get off of that and get back to, to living on mission. And, and it was just like this huge weight was lifted off his shoulder. And I said, look, go go make friends with your neighbors go go be jesus in your neighborhood share the the outflowing of what what jesus is doing in your life and watch people be attracted to that uh and then the church will build and uh and so we we're having lunch tomorrow and uh doing a little checkup there and he's back to doing what he started doing and and i think it's it's going to be great um but we get caught up in so much stuff with all these expectations everybody has for us. We miss the expectations Jesus has for us. I think oh. so. All right. Hey, we got to end with uh, rapid fire. You know, these oh, are our yeah. burning questions. Sometimes mm. these are the hardest questions to answer mm-hmm. uh, in all seriousness. And so, uh, so here, here we go. Quick, short answers. Here we go. Get your game face on. First
2: thing that comes to mind, man. Here we go.
0: All right. <laughs> All right. Top one or two books that have had the most impact on you.
2: Uh, I'm learning right now. Uh, Waking the Dead by John Eldridge is helping me see that that everything around me is spiritual. Uh, a book called To Transform a City. I don't mm-hmm. even know who wrote it, but I'm captivated by it right
0: now. Eric Swanson and Sam Williams. Boom. Yeah. Top strength
1: in ministry. Top weakness.
2: My um, top strength. Uh, I'm a relational being. I, I I really enjoy people. Sam Walton said, "There's something to learn about everyone. So treat them like your next best friend." Uh, top weakness. Um. Insecurity. I have a deep sense of insecurity that Satan loves to to prey
0: upon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, favorite hobby or pastime?
2: Man, I'm dying to play around to golf. If any listeners out there <laughs> want to invite me, I, this time of year, yeah, uh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite hobby. I think, yeah.
1: Um, what about movie? Your favorite movie?
2: Uh, favorite movie? Um, ah, I'm going I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to go back dumb and dumber of all time.
1: (laughs) yeah it just uh,
2: it really shaped me into the man that i am hey, today speaking,
1: just... speaking of dumb and, dumb and Dumber, we landed in denver the other day and i don't know if you know this but around the airport there are no mountains <laughs> and, and in fact around denver itself there's not a ton of right. mountains right it john
2: denver old, man I john know.
1: denver you're denver. <laughs> denver, i thought about that when we landed that john denver full of crap <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that that is in my top five favorite movies of all time so uh all right uh favorite band or musician besides window paint action figure oh right, right right that's right
2: favorite cash hall uh uh i'm uh, let's see favorite uh i'm on a i'm on a johnny swim kick right now yeah all yeah, right I like johnny swim
0: okay all right i don't know that i could even name a johnny swim song Maybe I need yeah. to listen to some Johnny Swim.
2: Give it a shot. It's good driving music. All right. Make you it'll make you want to go home and kiss your wife, bro. That's it's <laughs> it's just good. It's good living music. Hey, I, I
0: don't I don't need Johnny Swim to make me want to do that. <laughs> hey, that's
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh,
0: so I'm listening to the the new Michael Romeo C D. For folks who don't know who Michael Romeo he is, he is the lead guitarist for the band Symphony X. And it is a symphonic metal masterpiece. Yeah, awesome. I'm gonna
1: be. I'm gonna be honest. I have no idea what you just said. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, think, uh, think Bach and Beethoven with electric guitars, with an amazing singer uh, on top of that. That's what you got, dude. He is
2: unbelievable. I now have a respect for progressive rock because of you and Alan. I don't know that I enjoy it yet, (laughs) but I do, I do respect
0: it. Hey, just give it time, man. That's music that has to marinate. You can't just Mm. jump in all willy nilly and Mm. think that, you know, you're going to microwave your love for that kind of music. You got to get in there and let it marinate and just wash over you. And and before long you're, you're paddling down the river. And enjoy in life with these incredible musicians. Wow! So there you, you go. You have
2: painted quite a
0: picture. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I don't, I don't know what kind of picture, but uh, yeah, that, there you go.
1: Joey, appreciate your work, man. Yeah, dude. Hey, this How is so fun. I yeah. uh, love you guys. This is hey, fun. listen, you, you, uh, we're, we're we're so thankful just to be able to to partner with you, work with you, let let you know you working with us. Your voice in our convention and in our team is needed and been very helpful. So thanks for associating with us, low lifes.
2: Hey, thanks for taking a <laughs> risk on a, on, on a guy on, in, uh, in the margin. You know that's what you guys have done in me, and I, I greatly appreciate it and respect that. Thank
0: you. And tell Sindel we have a newfound respect for her as well. Yes, and, Okay. Uh, I will. Hey man, I'm gonna will. I'm gonna be very careful and and uh, tentative around her now. <laughs>
2: Yes. Don't make her mad. You don't hey want to man, make mad,
0: I tell you. man, dude, I got uh, I got a little tiny package of dynamite at home too, and uh, named Christy, and uh, and so uh, that that one has exploded on me a couple of times as well, and I needed yeah. it, much needed. Mm-hmm. She is my junior Holy Spirit that uh, that is go. to be a corrective. So love her. All right, man. Hey, thanks for talking, and uh, we'll see you guys next time on the grind. Keep grinding.